This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Um, we're having a special show today. I've got a guest with us at Neomodern named Brooks Fletcher. Brooks <laughs> is a friend of ours from Peak Design, and uh, Brooks, it's great to have you here. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. How are you today? I'm really good. <laughs> is it early for you? Is this too early to be functioning? Yeah, or is this it is okay? around the time when, you know, life begins for us people that wake up around this time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I was looking at your photography yesterday. No, thanks. I, I mean, I, I guess I hadn't spent a lot of time with it. I love your, your pictures. Appreciate it, man. What are you shooting with? What is that? What to, First of all, maybe I should explain a little bit what I'm seeing in them. Okay, cool. And I, I mean, and I have a lot of questions about it, but... What I saw was a series of photographs mm. where you've got a natural line down the middle of the frame, yeah. organic from your composition, with two interesting compositions on either side. Um, a lot of people might do this by cutting and pasting photos together, but you are finding these moments, you're, and, you're, and it's a beautiful composition. And it's a good example, by the way, of if someone only saw one of those frames, mm -hmm they would have whatever experience of it. It's interesting, it's cool, it's whatever. Mm -hmm. But it is in series. It is in combination with this long run of really interesting, strange, diverse kinds of <laughs> yeah. vignettes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with that vertical line breaking yeah. it in half. Uh, where did this come from? What do you do? Is that, I mean, is this it, just one of many kinds of interesting things you do? Or yeah, is that a new man, thing? I, I think a lot of it has to do with more, um, so everybody has particular subject matters that they uh, literal subject matters that they want to use to uh, convey an idea in a photograph. So for me, it was how can I take these very, the word banal and mundane is used a lot in photography. How can I take these scenes and represent them in a way that force uh, the, the participant or the, the viewer to just view them differently? So it's like, initially when I started this process, it was a digital shooting. And people would question, they would say, oh, man, this is nice. Did you do this in Photoshop? Did you manipulate? Really? Really? So I thought it was interesting. So I said, you know, how can I get people, how can I validate these experiences, these lived experiences, these diptychs? Um, so I moved to film. And I started shooting with, like, I started shooting with, obviously, negatives. Uh -huh. um, and while I was getting these physical prints back to show people the, the, the truth behind the image, I still had to uh, either print it. And people still thought it was a depiction. So I said, you know, what's the, what's the most honest way I can show these things? I said, man, I can start shooting on slide film. Isn't that interesting, by the way, that we've reached a point that people look at a picture and, and depending on what it is, they just naturally assume you've made it and not shot it. That is correct. Yeah, it's yeah. like, how do you shoot a picture that people absolutely believe is a real picture? Exactly. So, and, and that's one of the problems with at least the modern digital age is that everything's on a screen. So we really don't, we don't know. And even if I show you a slide, you don't know where that came from. I could have made that in a, in my house somewhere. Right. But these are four by fives. So the idea is to show you the thing itself or the lived experience from 
its, I guess, source. Or yeah. where it's Do you like? Would you project that? Is like how <laughs> how would you show people that that's a, a single frame? A single shot? frame. Good question. Um, so what I would do is when I shot thirty five, obviously the most practical way to show a thirty five slide is through a projector, a carousel, mm-hmm. Kodak. But it's a bit impractical. Yeah, you can't set it up everywhere. So what I would do, what I started doing was creating frames that would. Uh, obviously hold these and present these photographs in a very uh, eloquent way, uh, museum standard, hmm. right? Gallery, gallery standard, but backlight them. So you've got, you've got the physical four by th- five or whatever, or whatever slide transparency, transparency size. Yeah. And you just kind of light it as an object. That is itself. correct. Yeah. So it, it does, awesome. it does a couple things. It presents obviously the lived experience being depicted in a very cool way, but it also shows the photograph and the film Mm-hmm. in this very straightforward way. Um, I love that. But yeah, Instagram doesn't do it justice. No, it doesn't. It, it it's looks like, good, it, though. You know what? It, it doesn't do it justice except to say I could glance, I, I could see that you had a series of these the and they were all pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to the place which said, oh, I'd like to see these printed out or I'd like to see these bigger, a number of them, like a wall of Yeah, you'd like to see them in person. Six, yeah. yeah, and that's and that's kind of the intent. Um, a lot of it gets lost in translation you know, on social media, but yeah, the goal was to just create this aesthetic or visual signature that when people saw it, they knew that I'm either playing with buildings, reflections and mirrors, poles and the human and the human element is not a big deal. You know, pedestrians and cars, I don't need those in any of the images. It's just more like these buildings in the the natural world, or at least this man-made world. That's Uh so it's, yeah, it's cool. So uh, let's back up a little bit. Uh, who the hell are you, man? It's like, why am I sitting here talking to you? Yeah, I mean, I love question. your work, and of course, I'm big fans of Peak, yeah. which is where we met. Uh, how did you get into photography? Where are you from? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm originally born and raised in Oakland, um, right across the bay. But I, uh, I'm a Bay Area kid, but you know, as you fast forward and adult life comes, I ended up going to college um, at Sacramento State, you know, as everyone does. They go and uh, they go to school because they're told that's what they need to do. Um, so I went there to just kind of pursue my own ideas, um, whether it be artistically or communicatively. Um, and after graduating college, I, I eventually ended up getting a BA in communications, um, which was which which served me well. I didn't realize though after the fact, but I joined the military. Oh, um, after the army, like I mean, after uh, college, literally right after, um, and I became a photojournalist. Really? Yes. Yeah, so. where, where did you go? Um, I've been quite a few places, um, but the whole idea was that I would be this photojournalist attaching to units or military personnel on assignments abroad all over the world, working with other countries. So that's where a lot of my technical um, prowess came from, learning the camera, um, you know, all those things that people go to school to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I learned that through the military, and then it wasn't through probably several years in that I was like, you know what? I was reaching kind of a, a, a stopping point. Um, in my own development. So I said, you know, I need to evolve this or refine this. So I started going to school. I went to, I tried to find online programs because I was abroad at the time. So I ended up going to uh, Academy Art University here in San Francisco. Okay. Um, and I did that for quite a while um, while I was still in bouncing back and forth. And then, yeah, it was to pursue my MFA in photography. So that's where I really started uh, learning a lot more about the conceptual aspects of photography. Uh, theory, philosophy, studying a lot of stuff that I never really thought that I, was important at first. Once you get into it and you start thinking about the camera as a or as an instrument and this practice as a way to really, do you, I guess, investigate you, the world. Do you like um, 
conceptual photography? You like the idea of conceptual very photography? So. Very much so. Um, and that's why I'm drawn to, uh, that's why I mean you connected because you have a lot of work and uh, a sense of understanding that, you know, this medium, if you look at all these images here in this lovely gallery space at <laughs> Neo Modern, um, you start to see that photography, um, it wasn't, we're not the only, people have been doing this for a long time and they've been very curious about it. So it's just really trying to investigate, you know, the lived experience and how this can help us become um, more, more just give, give us a bit more insight on how we understand things here and even ourselves it's it's, it's cool to be able to see literally see something through someone else's eyes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. and and in f- photography it's through their brain right that like you're seeing not just how they see things but how they feel about those things for sure for sure and i and i and i think what i realized and even if you consider like painting a bit, and I know that you're familiar with it, but like even painters, it's all, the, the, the idea comes up that, you know, where are these ideas and these visions coming from? Is it of the mind or is it of sight? It's a, it's a mix, but ultimately we're able to see the artist's own rendering of the experience. Yeah. So who, who inspired you? Um, photog- photographically. For, for, yeah. And, and photography, man, it's, it's, it's all the people that everyone would say that, that deal with street photography. All the greats. Um, yeah. And you know, but I think it's important to also go back to see who their influences were. So if you want us to talk about having a camera in the street and capturing the lived experience, we could start with like Eugene at Jay. Um, and then even before that, his influences probably came from painters. You start yeah. looking at, uh, yeah. uh, obviously Henry Cartier-Bresson, uh, Cubic, you know, I can go all. I can you know, go. you know, it's funny. Interestingly, I'm just <laughs> thinking. I, I, I believe I read that at Jay, um, his photography at first was like creating, I guess what we would call today stock images mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. painters. Yes, he would shoot things with the ex- intention that a painter would buy this and use it as something as, instru- you as know, an influence, as, influence. A, as, a, as some type of uh, yeah, as a way to get inspiration. Um, but a lot of those guys too were painting. Before, you know, they were also painters, and some they probably dabbled a bit. Well, I guess not if you were so a creative back at the turn of the century, you might have had a, a few things. Yeah. I, I mean, I always got into photography because I can't draw or paint. For sure, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a nice. Yeah. It's a it's a way of being expressive where you don't have to have that particular skill. Or I would say maybe it's just an maybe you can draw. This is just a, a way. Those create those creative things are always there. Photography just allows this medium and this space for us to really dig into that and um but i, I always find like I, I did find it interesting that someone like uh, henry cartier bresson which I, I like to mention because he deals a lot with street he kind of brought that street presence to photography and, you know obviously other movements um in photojournalism and such but that his background was as a cubist mm. painter um so that's where it became very interesting for me it's like why is this photographer really digging into painting you dig into painting and you start digging into philosophy and it becomes very like, yeah, it's just very true. It's honest and you want to know more about it. I wonder if it's, um, you know, like physics. Physics also is Man. one of those fields where it feels very practical, like photography. Man. But as you dig back yes. into it, it gets into this theoretical realm and it actually is almost as uh, sort of spacey and new agey as the most woo-woo stuff out there and it's like deep pure physics yeah maybe photography is something like that too which has this kind of practical pragmatic um, mechanical reproduction kind of aspect to it and as you dig into it it becomes surreal about time being stopped and space and all that right very much so because i mean you're talking about optics you're talking about instruments and ways of measuring um, light time space i know it seems a bit far-fetched but i think that's what attracts me the most to photography is that like 
it is a thing that people are taking for granted. But uh, yeah, um, I, yeah, I just think it's interesting, man. Like, it's just it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Whether you have a film camera, a digital camera, an iPhone, it's the thing that everyone's doing. In the do you West think it matters what kind of device someone not uses? At all. Not at all. No, no. I, I do. No, I don't think. You know, to be able to practice photography, I don't think it matters. But what I do think is important is that whatever, whatever, wherever you start in your pursuit, whether it's you know smartphone, you should at least do some. You should see what's been done before you. Mm. Um, and I think that's important. I think people that dig into photography, whether it's through the printing aspect or uh, the processing or shooting, they also know that it's like people need to be aware of the gamut of photography, not just like one sect and believe that that's it. I think that's um, true. I, I, I remind people that, I mean, I think I'm a pretty freaking good photographer sure. and uh, I've not taken a class. It's always been just from looking at pictures. For sure. I've looked at a lot of photographs mm-hmm. and a lot of the classics. And I, I, I would argue other than learning the practicalities of how you use a camera sure. and understanding sort of the basics of mm-hmm. f-stop, shutter speed, film speed types of things... It's all composite. It's just a compositional exercise. Yeah. And so you can practice that with any kind of frame, square, mm-hmm. rectangle, wide, from a smartphone, from a pinhole camera. Like the game is the same as far as how you put it somewhere and compose something within that frame. And then there's just the details of yeah, what kind of device want. you do you want to learn how to use that device. Do you want to learn how to print it or not, you know, For sure. yourself or have someone yeah. do it. And I will say, I think what's kind of cool, and this is something I remember being a big thing in school. And they would talk about how, you know, when art as a whole, whether someone's formally trained in, in a practice or uh, autodidactic, so they learn it on their own, both are equally as provocative. Both are equally, uh, you get... Valid? Yeah, valid. They say this at art school? Well, no, they, they, they do they bring it up. want you to go say that it's only valid if you've gone to art school? No, no, I don't think that's the case at all, because I think a lot of the things even, I've, even that I've learned about photography simply came from me being privy to things in art school and then going and finding out finding it out on my own outside of school. So a lot of the stuff that I learned didn't necessarily come from school, but maybe it came from people that I've met who also had a different approach. And they and they privy me to something that I never, whether it be like geometry, like I remember I took a sacred geometry course. And at the time I thought it was just, I was like, man, I, th- I signed up for the wrong course. Sacred geometry? That's, yeah, man, that, titles, what's, what's, in a, what, you know, what's, in a, what's in a title? But anyways, the whole idea was like, it really focused on things like, some of these things like Fibonacci spirals and all this good stuff and it's like you start learning that yeah maybe like you said it is about composition and how we uh, organize things in the world some would call this very chaotic and some would you know but just organizing stuff uh, perceptually and putting forms together that's what I'm focused on like you know the world is is so random and mixed and so to put a rectangle around something and to organize the random things in that space in some sort of a, a meaningful way sure. that they're that they have position for reason yeah um and the and if you don't control those objects the car the person mm-hmm. all you control is yourself and the camera so you mm-hmm. can move yourself around yeah, yeah, yeah. but those things do their own thing yeah and i and i think that's kind of what people like about some of these photographers we talked about is like they had this ability to like kind of have a, had a foresight to see when things would line up to create the most provocative shot right so if i'm aware enough of like composition and lighting and how things are sitting or shadows are lying, how colors interact with others. You know, you study color theory. These things start to play a big role in how we compose. But I think that's what makes photography so fun, man. It's just like, it really doesn't matter what you shoot. Because at the end of the day, it's 
it's just amazing. Like the fact that we can see that lived experience again, though it's not, it's not here. <laughs> like, I know. I had a weird experience the other day. Um, I, I made, um, back when I was a kid, I was in my tw- early 20s, and I'd made this giant photo mosaic where I'd printed, mm. you know, you'd go to the photo mat and they'd give you all these three by five photos, right? And I'd shot this um, w- girl that I'd been seeing and uh, did a kind of a portrait of her head in kind of a cubist way. And when it's mounted, it's, <clears throat> you know, 30 by 40. It's a big Where old... I want to see it. It's big. I've got to see it now. <laughs> but I I had lost track of her. She, she'd moved away. She'd moved to Asia back... Uh, this is 1987. Mm-hmm. And over the decades, I've been kind of just wondering whatever happened to her, you know? And when the internet was invented in, like, 94, mm-hmm. I kind of was trying to find her, and she was nowhere. And then when Google was invented, I Googled her and tried to find her again, and she was just off the grid. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it happens a lot. Um, so I found the, the photograph of this mosaic that I had made yesterday, and I thought, what the hell? And I posted it on my Instagram feed. And then I thought oh, maybe I'll Google her again. And I Googled her, and this time I got a hit. And it was an obituary. And she had never, I mean, she'd not really come back from Asia. She'd stayed there, and she'd died a couple years ago and had a a life and a family and had done human rights work for her her career. And it was a strange feeling, but closure. But I was reminded, and I got in touch with her husband and, and sent him the picture, and we started a little conversation. And he was just... um we were discussing how uh, even in a short period of time, someone can really affect you, affect your life, and how cool it was that this image existed and the power of this image. So she was born and now she's gone. In my own lifetime, I've met someone who's now not there, and I have this photograph. This creation. Yeah, and it will last. Like yeah. suddenly we cross over. We, we talk at Neo Modern sometimes about, you know, photo- photography being like time travel, but For it's sure. also immortality. Mm. You know, she, yes, we live on in our friends' memories, but photographs are a real tangible form of that. Yeah. Uh, even when the friends move away, more people can come in and experience this photograph. Yeah. And I look at these, the pictures on the wall here, and, you know, you don't always know, we don't know who these people are, what lives they had, mm. but they are now part of the canon of art of photography they're immortalized <laughs> they're immortalized so yeah. I, I like that nature in photography i mean it's really just been brought home by the power of this one photo i have one for sure mosaic of for sure one. yeah and i'm and I'm, I'm so about that like <clears throat> yeah one of you guys taglines time time travel is possible and i think that's what's kind of cool about um and that's why i always refer to it i try to in every state every chance i get i try to refer to a physical image as a photograph and not so much a picture it's the photograph and you know the photograph is the object yeah the the nature of it and its ability to render these individuals and immortalize them in a way that's like yeah man you know i i kind of feel um i feel picky sometimes but i get really uptight about the use of those words yeah yeah yeah, like the thing that's on your computer that you take Mm -hmm. is like an image or a file or something like that um i'm not totally comfortable calling it a photo but i can I got abbreviate you. i got you I'm but it's not a photograph until it's printed yes like the graph part is yeah. to choose from all of the negatives mm-hmm. all of the digital images and make one of them or a couple of yeah. them physical yeah, a positive rendering yeah, yeah. Of, of, of the thing yeah because i think that's really what it's about and this is where it gets a bit more um theoretical for <laughs> me is um for me yes i agree 100 percent. you need a physical piece the photograph, but it has to be a positive rendering of, of the world. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be. 
Positive, you mean in, um, in, in like, affect or positive or, or a positive image? A positive image. So like, and this is, so this is what would stir a lot of people up possibly is. Let's stir them up, the, man. Yeah, the negative. Um, as much as I like the negative, and we do indeed have a physical object, in order to see that image, it still requires some level of manipulation to get those colors to shift back to a way that is light or dark. Or, but it's just like the digital image. That it's is correct. It needs some device to bring it to it you. It needs to be correct. Um, so as long as whatever at the end result, like a tin type or a wet plate, if I'm getting a positive out of something, then to me that is the truest form of the photograph. Not to say that a negative, essentially a negative is a photograph. I don't know. Didn't Adams, Ansel Adams would often say the negative is the score and the photograph is the performance. Mm, I, I like that. You I know? like that. <clears throat> and that I, and so let's keep that in mind. So if that applies to negative, how would that apply to say um, a positive, a positive? If a positive. Well, I think we're still talking about the photographer's role is to not just select which of the thousands of things that that mm -hmm. photographer captured to share mm -hmm. but how it will be experienced sure. is it big is it tiny is mm -hmm. it you know what's your feeling with it and you know how all of the colors and tones in there you know on different screens look different ways mm -hmm. but i want it to look this way yeah yeah like, as an artist that you couldn't just put it out there yeah. it, it, it needs to the photographer needs to make a decision about how that's going to look and how you see it. And I knock off those other options. Yeah. This is not like anyone can just look at this from any vantage point. I've chosen the vantage point yeah. and I choose, how I, I want you to see it. Yeah. So we're, so we're talking about intention Yeah. and that's a big thing. Like, I think that's, I think this is what ultimately separates um, the people that are, I, I like to think that everybody that takes a photo, regardless of the, the tool they're using, there's intention. There's always intention, but it's being aware of your intention, like you just described. So, like, I'm doing this framing, it's active framing or passive, I want this to happen. You're making active choices versus someone who's shooting, and they don't know why they're doing it. They just know they like it. Mm -hmm. so for me, it's not enough just to like it. Yeah? It's not enough. Okay. And in, in, in today's age, you need to not only like it, but understand why you like it. And these are things that I think start to, like, drip over into, like, everyday life. Why do I see this person that way or this person of color, this gender? Like, it, it just has a, a, a broader impact that's why i kind of like photography because it forces us in a safe haven of creating images to like really learn things about ourselves discipline um why do i like this image questioning my own claims like stuff like that so that's but it goes to what you're saying like the intention is yeah. i want you to see this and i want you to understand why and the importance of it that's very interesting yeah it is it, it, it could be yeah it's i mean also thinking about your pictures and proscribing how people experience them they're so um very carefully constructed with yeah. with that line and everything that if someone were to crop it it would it would kill you it's like what are you doing like yeah. you're changing it it it's more than just making it fit and mm -hmm. we still get the idea of what it's a picture of yeah 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 you can't do that you can't. and so and again that's why i would say you print it because you define this is the picture this is the frame yeah this is the end if, of I, this. if I just put it to you on instagram who knows how they're gonna instagram crops my stuff all the time they could doesn't yeah. do as vertical as i go sometimes for sure yeah and i'm like oh well you know what's funny is i think what's kind of cool so what i've been doing is obviously posting uh the four by five the whole piece itself to show the borders um but that is you used the word earlier it's intimacy that's very like, cartier brisson by the way to, oh. to to i remember he used to his, file his, out the negative carrier yeah, yeah you know yeah. just the edges so that you could he could prove this is uncropped you get the you can see that little black line around the yeah, outside and and which I, shows you this is a, a the full frame of the negative negative. and i think what it does is also shows that 
there's borders here, and this artist put these, he, you placed and composed these things in here intentionally. So it, it, it's almost like it more validates what you're saying. Like, I did this, I did this very On purpose. Yeah. yeah, and it's intimate. So I call it the intimate vessel because the idea, it's kind of a twofold effect. So the vessel being the, voto- the photograph, there's an intimacy that is just naturally happening. You can't deny it, it's there. When you look at a picture of a baby, you're excited. You know, uh-huh. it happens. So the intimate vessel represents this, but it's also the us here in the world the intimate vessel by the way is your instagram name that is correct yeah i the, like that the intimate um, vessel yeah it, I, I also refer to i refer to photography as this privileged intimacy mm-hmm. i like that. you know <laughs> when, when you're photographing someone in any context they have to let you into that mm-hmm. that private space in yeah. some way to see truth for sure um to see some yeah to see yeah like modesty beyond it's like that's who they are but i will say too it seems like we're here in San Francisco, so we see a lot of photography that deals with the street and its happenings. Um, and sometimes the people may not always be letting the photographer in, but it's just a photographer just taking. Mm-hmm. Not to say one's better or worse, but it's just very interesting how the medium has created this space to where we can be invited in for this intimate experience or we can just take. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so you do... Um, mostly street photography, exclusively street photography. You know, it's funny, man. Yeah, that's the that's my thing. Um, I when I look at people of any field or practice, like when I think of athletes, um, if you want to use that, or artists, they focused on something. There's some painters, man. They would paint the same damn mountainside for like 20 years. Monet, over man, and over he just and over. sat in his garden for 40 years, over right? and over. Like, and maybe it's like, what if that's enough? Like, what if what if that one subject matter is all I need? Or this style is all I need to really learn about myself. Like, don't get me wrong. Though. I'm I can I'm pretty dynamic. I can shoot a lot of environments, but I've just found that this particular thing is what makes me feel uh, like I'm on to something. Interesting. I I I thought that um, people always ask what I like to photograph, and mm. I don't have an answer to that really. Yeah, I yeah, sort yeah. of feel like like many photographers, I just say I'm I'm shooting what I see and yeah. what catches my eye. And I, and I try not, and I don't set things up and it's kind of an unusual new thing where I'm actually bringing a person into my studio and shooting someone there, Mm -hmm. but that's an anomaly. Yeah. I'm not a studio photographer. I'm mostly (laughs) a street photographer. I just can't do that on the street or I would, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I thought that by posting an Instagram enough of my stuff over time, it would, without realizing it be the pictures I liked mm-hmm. and then I'd start to see trends like oh wow over a long period of time I have a lot yeah. of this thing mm-hmm. maybe it's trees or cracks or some, something and it would reveal to me what is the thing sure. I actually for like sure. for sure I'm going to tell you something interesting about that um, so if you if and it's a, I don't expect anybody to do this on social media but if you ever look into the, the metadata or the post in a lot of my images I, po- I, I title them by what's called investigations so it's, it, it, it really hints at what you're describing um, or it does what you're describing it it takes all this body of work I've made since I think since I started since 2013 and it identifies investigation one will be me using a mirror to divide the scene. Oh. Investigation two deals with a building. Huh. So what it does is in me using all these different apparatus to divide the scene, you do start to see, yes, there's different objects, but the idea is this line. So when you ask about, like, for me, it's about dividing the world. It's cutting the world up and forcing people to create some tension. Even mm-hmm. though you know that car is going to reappear on the other side of the pole, it's not there. So it gives you this sense of, there's like this impeding, it's, it's, it just offers a Wait, tension. I, I just like. had this sort of brain thing it, happen. It will happen. <laughs> it's not, I won't go all the way to epiphany, but I'm, 
I'm looking at the pictures around us. We're sitting in the gallery of the master's gallery at Neo Modern. <clears throat> and people talk about, I, I always talk about composition, but I'm wondering if you just take this idea of a line, mm -hmm. now you're making it physical. You're, you're actually I'm creating really, a line yeah, yeah. and there's something about the balance and the composition of the two sides around this line. For sure. But what if I go on a limb and say many photographs, I won't say all, but mm -hmm. many photographs don't have a, a literal line, yeah, they have but a, they quietly. have two kinds of points of balance mm -hmm. and so, and there's a relationship between the two sides so mm -hmm. it's not always left to right it's not always a it's not always um it's a divide it, it's, it's a divide yeah. and it's a fulcrum i would say that that this is some sort of object in balance mm -hmm. you know it's a little it's a point that something's balanced on and it's not always in the middle of something yeah. because you might have more weight here and whether it be color out. through shadows or tones through yeah, whatever so i'm looking at the pictures when we People are often talking about the rule of thirds, Ooh, and I think man, they're missing. Yeah. And, I, and of course, I, I don't want to start on that. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going <laughs> I was going to be like, right. oh, I love this. But <laughs> what if the rule of thirds is a misunderstanding of this idea of balance? I, and, I agree with and you. And when you put an object at some odd point in the frame, you have an, a, a fulcrum somewhere, and you have a mass on the other side that creates a harmonious balance between these things. And I'm looking at the Erwitz and the yes. Goodman yes. and that Erwitt and yes. that Purple Jones. And it, even if there's nothing to the side of a subject, it is a, it's just a, imagine a ball on a plank with a fulcrum placed somewhere yeah, yeah, that yeah, holds yeah. it in some sort of balance. And I'm looking around wondering if that applies that is, often. Man. I, I, it, it's everywhere. And I think when people talk about really liking, they're like, oh, I love this image. Um, they may not get to this level, but that is, I, I, believe, I agree 100%. I think that is what's got us. It is an intention. Like, not really knowing, like when I look at this uh, LA Earl right here, it's like there's a tension that's being created. Um, I know this is a mirror, and I know these people are being reflected, but they're just floating here yeah. with the seascape in the background, which is so there's a balance in that. It's just, it's, it's gorgeous, man. I really, I mean, really I, like I it. I do think it's a lot like. Um, I learned to juggle in high school. Mm. And it's one of the things you can kind of talk about what you're doing, but if you're thinking about what you're doing, you're not, you can't do it. It's it just different. has to sort of become a physical memory. And very quickly, photography becomes a sort of physical memory. The physics is the, how you move the objects in the mm. frame to create something of balance. I think yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. throwing the balls in the air and just knowing that they all have a place yeah. and, that they, <laughs> and you can kind of hold that together. Um, Oh man, that's really interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. The rule of thirds, and not even, but like, yeah, the rule of thirds is a very interesting. But I really like the way you describe. It. I think it is a misrep. It's being misunderstood, um, and that's something we talked really about sacred geometry. Yeah, this is one of those things, or just geometry in that regard, that plays into the rule of thirds. That the rule of thirds has been around. That ain't nothing new. I don't. Like, I think it's it's a misunderstanding yeah, of something. It, it's it's yeah. a mis, and it's probably gotten. But yeah, it's just really about finding a balance to where all the elements that are being presented are you know unified and harmonious whether they look like they are creating chaos the chaos is there's intention and it's organized yeah so i'm into that <laughs> dude this is great i mean we could talk all the, all yeah, day do you want to uh, i guess we should wind up here yeah. um we do have peak design stuff in the front window at neo modern right now yeah, because yeah. um we're partners with you guys and uh everybody loves your your gear it's so good yeah man it's it's a it's a pleasure to be uh working with a good company um, such a great company actually i'm hoping we can um make this a kind of a regular thing where we sort of talk about stuff. definitely I, I mean you you walk around with the camera all the time so you you're always thinking about photography for sure for sure um yeah i've 
I, we all walk around with cameras a lot. I've definitely tried to be more mindful of. I try not to only take my camera out when I'm really when I know it can always come over you. But I just try to really dedicate. Me personally, I've been trying to dedicate like days to where I do it, and maybe not have it on me so much. I wonder if we can really um, help amateur consumer photographers because we are the group of people who have spent our lives wandering around with cameras all the time, mm-hmm. and now everyone can. Okay, everyone can, and, and, is, and yeah. it's a new experience. Like, oh wow, I've got a camera all the time, but there's a whole world of individuals who, for decades, <sighs> um, man, have lived with the cameras and have an understanding of what it means to be photographed Almost and shoot centuries, things. Damn near. Like, yeah, and it's like, what what can we do to like? It, and this is what I like about Peak Design. It's something I tell people quite a bit is. What's cool about that brand is we make these bags um, and, and just camera gear in general that really allow people to rethink how they were using that strap or backpack. It gives you a new way of dealing with it um, and ultimately how you organize your life. Same thing with photography. It's like, what if I can show you how to use that smartphone in a way that just made you a better person? Would you be interested? Awesome. Most of the time people would say, yeah. <laughs> I'd say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Brooks, thank you so much for Thanks, coming man. on. And, um, and all you guys for listening. And Suzanne and I will wind it down, and we will talk to you later. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bye. Man. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. Our show is recorded and produced in our new recording studio headquarters here at Neo Modern in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Leave reviews and ratings on iTunes or wherever you listen, and don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them a link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time.